we're finally now out at the the Great Bath. We were looking at it earlier from the terrace, but now we're actually out right in front of it. I could jump in just now. Don't do it, it. don't do it. I'm not going to do it. But the steam is rising up, we can feel it, and the torches are right beside us. The the fire coming at them is really cool. I'm just going to hold my hand over it. I'm just going to push you in, all right? Connor! (laughs) Don't! Because I've no other clothes with me. Hi, I'm the comedian Fern Brady and I'm with my boyfriend Connor here at the Roman Baths in Bath. And this is... Meet me at at the the museum! museum. (laughs) We should host this morning. Do you remember the last time we were here, Connor? I do. It was five years ago. It was it was nice. It was very good. And it's beautiful here this evening with the lights projecting up on the abbey. And it's gorgeous. Do you remember the last time we were here? Didn't we go off our separate ways? Because we always go to different bits of the museum. Yeah, we, I think we probably had a row and then separated for five minutes. Oh, yeah. Minutes. Happy memories. So it'd be great to have another happy memory and see some different bits of it together this time. That'd be good. What's your favourite bit of the museum for last time? Uh, the bath, I think. The bath. The bath is the, the bath best of bit bath. of the bath. That's why they put it in the name, you know. Right. What was your favourite bit? Uh, the curse tablets, where they write in vulgar Latin, and I it's like that. one of the main examples, of, or one of the earliest examples of people using like sweary and formal language. That's your sort of thing, all right. That's my favourite bit. I generally just like being there the architecture in general is just really cool it's all just so nicely finished and that up at the top there i don't know what the architectural term is but a beautiful leaves leaves <laughs> architectural leaves yeah yeah it's like the the building is a tree it's great connor what would you say the worst part is about visiting any museum with me <laughs> uh, you getting annoyed by other people being in there with you and looking at you or saying something yeah, or bringing their kids. Bringing their kids, yeah. Or answering their phone. Many things. Well, guess what? Today, it's just you and me on a private tour of the museum. We are very lucky to have that. It's going to be amazing. We're not going to fall out. It'll be great. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so this is my third time at the museum. The first time I was a child, so I didn't take very much in. But then the last time I was here with you, Connor, I saw these Roman... Uh, curse tablets oh, yeah. and I couldn't stop thinking about them I actually tried talking about it in one of my stand up shows but people really didn't want to hear about that that real cutting edge uh, <laughs> topical stuff no but I became a, I was a bit obsessed with them because I was like don't you see people are like this today with their stupid Facebook statuses so uh, I, I read up on them so I'm looking forward to getting to see them again today there's just a load of different aspects to this museum I like. I love the fact that the actual baths are here. There's basically something still here from that time yeah. and there's a museum built around it. That's the thing that sets this apart. This still feels like the same as it was. And when we came in this evening and all the, the lamps are all, the torches are burning around the edge of the baths, you can really imagine exactly what it would have been like. I love all the stuff about the gods I love stuff about Roman sexuality. I'm quite interested in how women were excluded from public speaking. And uh, there's a lot of things from that that resonate with me as a female comedian.
Ah, that's we're, quite an entrance. We're just coming in uh, now, and the ceiling is amazing. I never noticed it the last time I was here. It's like two big domes. Architecture um, leaves again. Oh, the big columns are marble as well. It's really, really cool. Hello. Welcome to the Roman Baths. Lovely to have you with us today. Thanks for having us. It's even better than I remembered it. Yeah, it's great to have the place to yourself. Um, so with your National Art Pass, you get uh, 10% off your ticket price and you also get 10% off in the gift shop. Great. Abby, we're going to catch up with you later. Yes, yeah, <laughs> see you later at the East Baths. Brilliant. Enjoy your visit. Thank you. So we're leaving those cool dome ceilings. And where are we going to now? We're in a big hallway. It's a big black and white tiled thing. This is how I want our bathroom to look, actually. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's so amazing seeing it at night and just... The water so shimmering and lovely we're torches looking, lit. Yeah, we're looking onto the actual baths. I don't know if you can tell it's warm, because is it warm water? I think, yeah. I think it's meant to be. And I always forget that it's sort of like blue-green. Also, there's burning torches all around it which is uh quite mental looking and there's little alcoves with seats where presumably you would sit uh naked with all your friends and you know what's cool that there's no one here as well because when obviously there's loads of modern people in modern clothes it's kind of harder to imagine it whereas when it's totally empty now you could imagine just someone in a toga wandering around I'm a big fan of living museums. <sighs> yeah, that was what I was going to say. You go in and there's a lad knitting some fishing nets. <laughs> um, I like a museum, a traditional museum, where you can walk around and just um, read facts and collect facts. I like to look for things where people seem to be similar to how we are now because it's uh, this type of history is like the closest thing we can get to time travelling. I think the thing I like about it is, and I've been missing it this year with not being able to go on holiday, is that when you go and there's a unique museum that feels tied to the to the spirit of the place, very much like the baths here, it's it kind of gives you a nice insight into it. This one... What do, how do you see the link between the Roman baths and bath today? Were the Romans really middle class? <laughs> they were really middle class, yeah. Did they yeah. love they uh, artisanal fudge shops? <laughs> they love rugby and fudge. I, I suppose it's like just from the waters because it's still a big thing in bath, isn't it? That you, they, The bath water is still a, uh, something that gets sold. Not bath water, but water from bath. Like the history is so strong and the uh, kind of Victorian renaissance of this place and how all the buildings around it are similarly kind of nice and ornate and ties in with that Roman history where we were looking at some of those pretty heads on the outside and um, feels like it's a nice continuum of, of beautiful places. So we're going to go outside onto the terrace now. Oh, it's chilly. Oh, it's cold. Oh, so there's all these cool statues of Roman figures overlooking the baths. And do you think people actually came here in this weather in the winter? Yeah, because this would be the best time when you can get the nice warm water and have a bit of crack outside. Oh my god. You would be so annoyed though if someone stole your clothes, because that was what all the curse tablets were about, was people 
stealing your clothes when you were in the bath. Have you ever had your clothes stolen while you've been swimming? Uh, no, that's why I never go swimming. The, the terror of it happening. Uh, you actually can't swim, even though you grew up swim. next to the sea. Yeah, it's very cold though. It's not like Roman baths. So then these these lovely little tower corners. Is this all actually from the time? There's this ancient, ancient smell of weed. Yeah, <laughs> the Romans invented marijuana. Um, yeah, you'd come down the baths and you'd just you'd have a joint with light your, up. <laughs> your friends. <laughs> I think that was from the street outside rather than any... No, it was from the ghost of the Roman stoners. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's just the... They've done a really nice job because it, it's cool, the contrast between... you got the Victorian building and the, the lovely, uh, neat... I guess it's sandstone or something. And then you got the old cracked paving stones, original stuff from Roman times. It kind of... I think it's the combination of the two eras makes it really striking. One of the other reasons I like this museum is you're uh, right in the centre of Bath. You basically get off the train and you can be here within two minutes, I think. Pretty much. And where we are now, we're up on a kind of terrace above the baths, looking down on the water and the torches burning. But you can also see so much of the, like... Bath Abbey is, like, right next to us. Lit up in lovely lights and... And there's a busker on the street and there's statues of men every few metres there's one of Julius Caesar but it's not even the first one they've had up because some drunk rugby fans climbed over the wall and pushed uh, the OG Caesar into the baths It was uh, dispiriting to see uh, because I'm quite interested in as a Scottish woman, there's a big problem at home where there's more statues of animals than there are of any celebrated Scottish women. It's all statues of men and animals. All the statues round the edge of the uh, baths were men and pretty much the only way women were represented here was uh, if they were goddesses, which was fictional. So it was interesting to see just like a total absence of women in history. But I already knew that um, a wee bit about women in Roman times and that they were pushed out of public speaking or really discouraged from public speaking. Oh my God, so we're looking at the curses now. Now, I remember the last time we were here, I was flipping out over this. And then uh, I usually get caught... I'll go and find Connor and whatever boring thing he's looking at in the museum, and then I'll pull him back. And then uh, I'm pretty sure you were underwhelmed by it. I think this is good. So you got people who had various things stolen from them. So Dosimides says the thief should lose his mind and his eyes, but gloves are always falling out of people's pockets, aren't they? So Yeah, but they didn't have like pockets in togas. They had them very pocket shit. Here's one. The theft of a bronze vessel. The person who has stolen my bronze pot is utterly accursed. That's fair. Um, except you don't know... I mean, I don't think that's actually what they were saying. I mean, I do think that's the gist of what they're saying, but I think it's, like, worse words than that. Because when they discovered these, this was the first evidence they'd found of this kind of sort of sweary, informal... Language. They had really similar ways of swearing to us. 
I really like the idea how like this is still here and we're still able to see it. So even two thousand years later, we know that Veracundius was a was a thieving bastard of two silver coins. It's nice as well because it just shows you people have always felt frustrated and helpless and done quite pointless things to relieve that. I mean, maybe this worked. I mean, maybe come on, Dio, come on, Dio Amiorix got whatever was stolen from his house back after writing this. The reason I like the cursed tablets is it reminds me of when someone's mum goes on Facebook and does a rant and is like, no more drama, uh, be kind, and, and posts it against a picture of a sunset or something. Do you know the kind of Inspirational thing? Inspirational I mean? poster. Yeah, but it's yeah. like a passive-aggressive mm-hmm. sort of subtweeting someone. That's what these were like, except they addressed them to the gods. They usually addressed them to uh, Minerva, Interesting. But they were, like, tucked away, so you weren't meant to be seen. Yeah, they weren't meant to be seen, which really means people went all out and um, how aggressive they were. Mm. Yeah, that is the difference. And it's more then, like a WhatsApp group than when you're slagging off someone else. It's like a WhatsApp group when you start a private WhatsApp group between your friends to slag off the other yeah, WhatsApp group yeah. you're in. But with divine intervention. But with gods. Yeah. Uh, this is a bit that I always like to look at, which is people's jewellery and stuff. We're looking at um, a bronze headdress, and then there's different... It's different offering pots that people used to... I use think to... all of these objects were treated as offerings, so they were thrown into the spring for Sulis Minerva. They've got some little ivory boobs there that they used to... That is how you get God on side. <laughs> you would honestly would not know unless they, they had actually listed them as little boobs you would not know we're finally now out at the the great bath we were looking at it earlier from the terrace but now we're actually out so, hi, Stephen. We just met you. You're wistfully gazing out over <laughs> the baths. <laughs> and uh, what do you do here? Well, I'm Stephen Clues, and uh, I'm the manager here at the Roman Baths. I've been here for quite a long time. Thanks for uh, meeting us. It's so cool. So, was it quite um, chaotic on some days here? What was the average thing that would be going on? Because um, we're standing by the completely empty baths, but what would it have been like in its... Well, heyday? there would have been people here uh, milling about. Uh, you can see around the bath there are niches, and uh, we've put in them some wooden benches. Right. But that is uh, with the evidence from the excavations that took place at the end of the 19th century, where traces of the hinting at the position of benches was found. So we have good historical precedent for this, that there may well have been benches occupying these same niches. So here you are next to a large swimming bath, but imagine in it Romans sitting on benches uh, within those spaces there. And of course they may sit and be entertained just by watching people uh, swimming around in the baths. Um, uh, They might uh, pass their time engaging in games and chatting, conversation. Uh, They might eat. It seems that uh, in bathhouses 
Uh, you could sometimes uh, get snacks and things like that. So there might be someone coming round offering oysters or oysters, oysters, yes, or pies, uh, oh. perhaps something like that. I can't believe they had oysters. Yeah. So yeah, so they're very popular in the Roman world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, even at inland sites. They must have been carried here in uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, carts, probably in barrels. Hmm. Um, That's amazing. So I know that um, men and women came here at different times and on. were they segregated? In a bathhouse like this, which is very large, there is uh, a large development of rooms at the eastern end. There's a large development of rooms at the western end. Some of these features duplicate each other. So we're thinking that that might be because men use one end and women use the other. Uh, it seems quite likely. There was lots of male bisexual activity in Roman times, but when it came to women, I couldn't find very much on it. And I saw that Ovid had said that he didn't really believe that that happened with women. <laughs> so yes, I don't know... The- I thought um, you might know more about the history of yeah, that. Yeah, well, it, uh, it was perfectly acceptable in many ways for uh, males to have affairs with people of the same sex whilst they were married. Right. <laughs> um, Hadrian is a good example of that, but it wasn't acceptable for women to do that. If that was happening, it's almost invisible in the literature. There's just some hints it did happen. And uh, it would be rather uh, surprising if it didn't, really, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> So I think it's really to do with uh, uh, the fact that it didn't make it into literature. I suppose when it's more socially acceptable, then it would yeah. get recorded in history yeah. books more. There are gay females that uh, are known. There's um, an illustration from a bathhouse uh, in Pompeii. Uh, shows two females in uh, erotic poses. There are other images there as well. So, as I said, there was quite a range of activity that could take place in bathhouses. Yeah, I find it interesting how people think of it as a modish thing now that millennials are more prone to mention by uh, byness. But like Stephen was saying, uh, it was really accepted for men to be by back mm. then. But it's the, uh, do you think it's the same, you know, he was saying about how the women's bisexuality was just kind of written out of history. Do you think that's the same now? Like, does male bisexuality get more attention than female? Mm, no, I think it's the other way around now. I think there's, I think female bisexuality gets more attention. Well, I mean, you're a bisexual firm. What do you think it would have been like being a woman bisexual in Roman times or did you know what rubbish. we heard about it would have been rubbish unless you were rich um, in which case probably it was going on with the slaves or uh, your mates at the changing rooms here so we've just come from the sacred spring and now we're going down to the lower museum and we can hear the sound of flowing water as we're going down the steps I'm waiting to get my feet wet it's really loud down here. You can tell how much water is flowing through. Oh, yeah, this is the the sacred spring overall. And that flows onto the river. I didn't know that. That's so cool. 
and again it's all the old ancient Roman architecture and the steam is absolutely pouring off it oh, as well I can barely hear you from the noise of the water I'm trying to speak right into the microphone but it's uh, Whoa. It's, like, it's like putting your hand up against the shower if it was, I mean this is what your shower looks like because you haven't washed it in ages with all the orange build up <laughs> I'll tell you what this bit reminds me of where it's all orange um, you know in Willy Wonka oh, when yeah. they go to the chocolate burning it's got that look about it it looks so artificial but it's just because they've had all the minerals the hot mineral water flowing over Iron. it for years it's so cool Okay, so we're back in the East Baths with Abby Godfrey that works here. Uh, can you give us your official job title? Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Abby. I'm a visitor experience host. What, what do you enjoy about it? I mean, I really love speaking to people and connecting people with the history. There's so much interesting things here. So uh, it's lovely to have those conversations on a daily basis and really open up the site to people yeah to really engage them with how things used to be back in the day and you said you're from a history background yourself so did working here get you more interested in the romans yeah absolutely they're they're so fascinating if i could get in a time machine and come here i'd love to spend the day looking at how people interacted with this site because there is just so much that we don't know about yeah the different ways that people use the baths here Uh, for example we're in the east baths which we traditionally think were for women that's the kind of evidence that we have but we've got no real way of proving it do you ever work here at night and if so is it scary being here on your own at night I do um, say weddings, so we do like weddings in the morning or uh, weddings in the evening after things have closed or parties and things like that. I don't find it that scary to be here by myself. If anything, it's quite nice and peaceful. It's really kind of serene. You can see the steam rising up off the bath. That's quite nice and relaxing to look at. Uh, did you hear we say that there was like wilder parties back in the 60s or something? Toga <laughs> yeah. parties. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, back in the 60s and 70s, they do all of the things that we basically discourage people from doing now. Um, I've got a picture for you, actually. So uh, this is an example. Oh, wow. of, so they were called Roman Rendezvous. And um, <laughs> as you can see, there's just hundreds of people in the pool right there. And they'd jump off of all of the remains into the pool. I mean, it's only five feet deep, so yeah, uh, you basically... have to be quite careful. The picture is like they've built a platform that sort of leans over into the main bath that says Roman Rendezvous on it. And then, yeah, everyone's just in their swimsuits having a great time. Oh, that's great. So that's not allowed now? It's not, unfortunately. It would be good. Do you have anything else you could show us that means we'd maybe be able to relate to Roman life today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact... I can show you one of these. So well, so we've got this bit of string with three bits of metal attached to it, all mystery purposes. So we've got this long hook with a kind of a scoopy bit at the end. We've got uh, basically like a tweezers, two tongs that squeeze together. And I don't even know how to describe that. It's like a... That's... It, it's kind of like, like a human like a shape. a fish shape. It's like a fish shape, but the tail is 
sharp it's and pointy. Kind of looks like an armless mermaid. That one's definitely for your toenails or your teeth. Would you like to have a guess of what this is? It's kind of a long, thin um, metal stick. Hook it's got thing. a bit of a... It's, I know what it is. I know what it is. It's for when you've got a fusty toenail and you need to clean out from under it. Am I right? <laughs> well, it's to do with personal grooming. Mm. Um, so this one here is actually an ear cleaner. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, like, It could be a brain cleaner as well. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very but, long. How deep in were they going? Yeah, there's some really cool examples in the museum of kind of a pointy end to one, and that's kind of scoopy Ooh. end to the other. So oh, you yeah. loosen it up with the pointy end, and then you'd use the sort of scoopy end to get out your earwax. What I find interesting about this, and what I oh, love right. about working here, is the kind of human same human behaviours that we exhibit. So when you look at that, it kind of looks a little bit like a cotton bud oh, or a yeah, Q-tip. Yes, yeah. And, um, you know, we still do that behaviour today, even though if you speak to any kind of medical professional, they'll tell you unequivocally never to stick anything yes. like that in your ears. How about this one? What do we think? Is this just a general tweezers? Or do you think there's anything special uh, about that one? Yeah, exactly right. Those are tweezers. Um, and what blows my mind about those is our design for tweezers hasn't basically changed for about yeah. 2,000 years. Like, the Romans nailed it first time. And then this final one, I have no idea what this is. So this is the fishy shape thing. A bottle opener? No, they didn't have bottles, did they? <laughs> uh, you could pick your teeth with it, maybe? It's, I mean, it's a picking object, but it's actually a nail cleaner. So you just oh, have to right. dig under your nails and kind of scrape out all of the gunk from it. Lovely. Yeah. These have um, all been washed, I hope. We actually found one of these a couple of years ago. So we're doing some excavations along that side of the baths, and we'd never found one of them before. And it's got, like, the pattern of a peacock on that kind of penny shape. Oh, and cool. that's an early Roman Christian symbol. Um, um, so that's a really interesting example of Christianity being here at the Roman baths. And mm. obviously so cool. that has a big effect on other people's beliefs and behaviours and stuff. And so you're still finding stuff here all the time? Yeah, yeah, which really helps give us sort of a, a better idea of the picture of, of the baths and what happened here. Um, so, Abby, can you take us to your favourite spot in the museum now? Yeah, absolutely. We're just going to go to the opposite end of the bath to where the spring is. Okay, great. Cool. Come with me. So we're looking into the hot spring now, and it's at the main baths, there's steam coming off it, but this one, you can really tell, it mm. seems hotter. Yes, so this is the, the kind of source of the water, really. So back in the Roman times, this would have been a very religious area. So if you were walking along the edge of that wall, you'd have to be a kind of priest or someone quite official. But this, where we're looking at from this vantage, is where people would engage with the goddess. So, um, for example, this is where you'd throw in your lead curses or your offerings or your coins. Um, so this is where people's kind of hopes, dreams, wishes, anger, whatever, got expressed. We found uh, Mesolithic flints in here that date from about 8,000 years ago. And people come here to swim, they come here to drink, even to this modern day. 
So really the reason that this is my favourite spot is the kind of incredible human connection. Uh, so people have been coming to this exact site of the water for different reasons, different religious reasons, different secular reasons, for cleanliness reasons, whatever, for literally thousands of years. And that's kind of what I really love about this place. That's amazing. We've nearly wrapped up now. I mean, where do you think we should go to kind of finish our journey? Well, I definitely think you should try some of the water. Great. Great. It tastes pretty interesting. Wow. Uh, so here we are at the spring. So this is where the water's coming out from a much deeper source. And uh, yeah, feel free to try some. I uh, drank the water. It tastes... Oh, uh, like blood. <laughs> yeah, it's quite metallic, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to drink it, Connor? You've made it sound so tasty. How can I not? It tastes like warm blood. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. It's got that real vampiric <laughs> element to it. Delicious. I didn't think you'd drink that because you're weird germophobia. <laughs> I just, I nearly was like, oh, we need to turn the tap off, but I guess it just runs forever. <laughs> Thank you so much, thanks, Abby. Abby. Yeah, thanks for coming. I hope you enjoyed your visit. I did. I did, it was great. <laughs> what will stick with you from the visit today? I just thought the the division of men and women was really interesting, kind of the the, the role of of women and how they were kind of uh, the separation. I thought was just interesting and how that's still you know where what what kind of women's role is seen as and where they're entitled to go and when they're entitled to go. I thought that was quite interesting. Do you think you'd have come here with your pals? Yeah, I think so. The I won't be pushing any statues in in drunken rugby frenzies, but um, I think yeah, it seems like a good day out. And we found out what the Romans eat. Yeah. What was it? it Oysters and pies. How do they make pies? Do they have pastry in Roman times? Hi, they, it would have been like meat pies or something. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to Meet Me at the Museum with me, Fern Brady. And me, Connor, at the Roman Baths here in Bath. If you like this episode of the podcast, please rate, subscribe or tell a friend. And don't forget, if you've got a national art pass, you can get free entry or discounts on museums all around the country.